Welcome to our July 3rd worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you through this time of worship. Amen. Let's join together for our call to worship. It is not good that we should be alone. So God created us to be together. It is not good that we should be alone. So God calls us to worship together. It is not good that we should be alone. So together we are. In this sanctuary, online in our homes, all around the world, to worship the God who calls us. Amen. together for a time of prayer. Gracious God, you mold relationships for us within your holy trinity. 
as you are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May we be parents, children, sisters, brothers, cousins, friends, and spiritual support for one another. As you are mother, daughter, holy comforter, may we be creators, guides, companions, and comforting support for one another. May we role model relationships and love as we serve together and bring your realm to this earth. Amen. And as we continue in prayer, let's join together in the prayer that Christ Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
let's join together for our words of assurance. The realm of God has come near with every act of love, every prayer of hope, and every moment of forgiveness. The realm of God has come near and resides within you. Christ's mercy and grace and the Spirit's power and love resides within you. Amen. Let's join together in the reading of today's scripture, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 through 10. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he shows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Thank you, God, for the words of the Apostle Paul, and thank you for your guidance as we read through them. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, we ask that you be with us, that you guide us, that you help us hash out our emotions, our feelings. Be with us through the scripture today, Lord. In your son's precious name I pray, amen. Galatians chapter 6, 1 through 10. I'm going to read it again. We're going to go verse by verse. I'm going to go ahead and share with you the outline. We're going to go ahead. We're going to talk about what it means to be caregivers to the greater world. I want to talk about what it means to acknowledge our own thoughts. And then what it means to reach out to others within that complete wholeness. There is reality that we need to be the active caregivers. There is a complete reality that when we process our own feelings, we don't project our feelings of insecurity on other people. Then when we link those things together, we can actually become complete and whole caregivers. Now this comes from Galatians chapter 6, 1 through 10, the Apostle Paul's letter to the church of Galatia. The Apostle Paul, continually missionary, going from church to church, Galatia, Corinth, Philippi, 
all of these different places. And every place he deals with those places' history and every place he deals with the reality of actually for some of these people introducing to them the first time the reality of who Christ is before Christ was a rumor, um, um, an, an idea, a story that was shared because some of these individuals that Paul had interaction with didn't have firsthand interaction on the reality of Jesus Christ. They weren't knocked down on the road to Damascus and struck and blind and then had the scales removed from their eyes so that they could see the wholeness. And we're going to look at that. We're going to process the reality of the Apostle Paul while we do this as well, because the Apostle Paul fits within this reality. When I read this scripture, preparing for this conversation, I kind of have seen in it this this moment of restoration for the Apostle Paul. Now, we need to lay out, before I get into the scripture, the reality of the history of the Apostle Paul. We look at Saul, the tormentor, a tent maker, who was so opposed to the new way, those that were followers of Christ, that he was a tormentor. Oh, Paul, why, Saul, why do you breathe frets and rumors to the disciples of the Lord. Paul was a part of those trying to stop the movement. And he has a history with that, present at the stoning of Stephen. And just the history of Paul the tormentor. We look at the reality that I've already kind of shared with you. The apostle Paul, Saul, at the moment was riding the, to Damascus his intentions of going there were not just. Actually, so many people were waiting for him to get there because they knew that the tormentor was coming. So then he has a moment of direct connection, direct interaction, and his the scales are removed from his eyes and he sees wholeness. So when I break this down, this scripture, Breaking down one being the caregiver, the true spiritual caregiver, the one where we talk about being aware that we are truly aware of who we truly are, acknowledging our scars and our hurts, and then stepping out to be the ones that touches others within that wholeness of identity. I began to see this conversation to the churches of Galatia as a moment of restoration for the Apostle Paul. Let's deal with it. Let's let's break through some of the the scriptures. Let's let's look at the first two scriptures. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person, keyword, gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law, key word coming, of Christ. Let's look at this. There's some key words that just jumped out at me in this moment that I'm going to address here in a second. I'm going to read this one more time. I'm going to stop at the key words. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. 
but watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. And we'll talk about that. Carry each other's burdens and you in this way will fulfill the law of Christ. Okay, let's look at Paul's history. Paul's history is the tormentor. Someone seeing this new way, this new movement, acting outside his cultural understanding, his belief patterns, the tormentor, a history of attacking individuals because of what they proclaim they believe and who they proclaim that they are. That still happens, and we'll get to that. But there's some words in here, and I believe it many times the Apostle Paul's words have been corrupted to an extent that people step outside of the meaning and do things very harmful. I want us to think about this phrasing. You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Now, what does that mean? There's so many times in worship settings I grew up in multiple denominations. I've worshipped Christ in just about every flavor that you can think of. From Catholicism, I grew up Southern Baptist. I spent some time with a dear friend going to Presbyterian Church. And then also I uh, I went to the Church of Christ for a while. There's there I, I've been on this long rich journey of of experiencing the message of Jesus Christ in many varying settings. And and then some of the more louder um, fueled up settings. I've heard an aggressive tone of the words of the Apostle Paul and and that's not what Paul's sharing. He says very directly here in Galatians chapter one, chapter six, verse one, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently. The places that I've seen Paul's words used aggressively. I've seen the big yellow signs at popular events that shares who God hates and I've seen Paul's language used in that. It's aggressive and it's loud. It's harmful. And it doesn't fit what Paul is trying to teach in this statement. I've been a part of the debates of LGBTQIA. And I've heard the Apostle Paul quoted in aggressive means. And that steps outside of what Paul is teaching in the scripture. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Now, here's the thing with this. This is what I think of when I see the ones with the big signs and when I hear Paul's language used and debates over what and who should or shouldn't participate in the life of the church. I see people falling down a path of self-guided loss and self imposed standards and they are falling within a place that could be construed as their own temptations. Now, how can I share that? Well, we got to go back to the Apostle Paul's history because the Apostle Paul fell part of that path. I, I, I guarantee a person that would be present at the stoning of Stephen would have no problem holding a sign telling people who God hates. That's a part of Paul's history. 
I feel a person that's riding into town to be a tormentor to very specific individuals who follow and practice things that very specifically exist outside of his practice and his understanding would be present at those things, shouting the words. But he reaches this point of restoration. The Apostle Paul reaches a point of restoration within his conversation with Jesus Christ, within being struck and blind, having the scales removed from his eyes and being able to see things fully and reality fully. And within that, as I hear these words, especially that you may not be tempted, I hear the voice of a seeking person of restoration. I hear a reconciling voice exist in this phrase because in this way that you will that that you may not watch yourselves or you also may be tempted i hear a voice of this is the history i've gone through and this is what i'm trying to restore right now so i want us to think about that then we move into this next thing and this becomes very important because we begin to deal with this it's what paul dealt with Paul had this moment that the scales was removed from his eyes and then he stepped forward. Carry each other's burdens in this way. You will fulfill the law of Christ. The key words of Christ. Let's go back to Paul's history. Paul's history was a person trying to maintain his cultural and his faith history. There were things that he felt were standards. There were things that he felt were, were set conclusions. And he was so willing to defend those standards and self-conclusions that, again, present at the stoning of Stephen, again, writing to Damascus to be the tormentor. But then he reaches this moment that his eyes are cleared, and he fully sees not the laws and the rules that he defended and fought for, but he begins to see the reality of the law of Christ. There's a debate that exists, and, and I see this, and I see people share understandings that don't connect. My stance is, and I'll share this, I've shared it before, I'll share it again, I'm not a Paulinian. That's not my faith. I'm not a Paulinian. I'm a Christian. As a Christian, there are things of fulfillment, and I see Christ as the fulfillment of the law, so that's a path I follow, and I strongly and wholeheartedly support my Jewish friends who are still look, looking for the Messiah, support them. I'm with them. I proclaim who I found, and I proclaim that to be Christ. So, within me proclaiming that, I say that I follow the things that Christ does. And there comes these conversations, these debates, that is, what has Jesus Christ said about XYZ? Very specifically, what does Jesus Christ say about homosexuality, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, questioning friends. 
The response back commonly is a response from Leviticus. So if we hold the standards of the question, what does Christ say? The Leviticus is from the Old Testament. Christ wasn't born yet. That's Christ is the beginning of the New Testament. So Christ doesn't exist in that. It links in to Paul's journey and Paul fighting and holding on to the history that is that's changing. Okay, then, then I hear the words of the person that I'm defending today. I hear the words of the Apostle Paul. And again, the Apostle Paul was a person who taught, who shared, who had that direct conversation, but Paul was not Christ. So we get into this debate over what's right and what's wrong, never actually answering the question. And the question that I always ask is, what does Christ say about this? Because homosexuality, lesbian, gay, bisexual, I, I would venture to say transgendered, but it didn't have that language yet. People questioning their sexual identities. All of that existed in Christ's time. And Christ said nothing about it. Nothing. But we look at the scripture and we get lost in defending everything except for what the Apostle Paul, if we're going to use Paul's words, let's use Paul's words. Let's use them all. And Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If we're going to use Paul's words, let's use Paul's words. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. So we look at that and we move back into this idea of the language of reconciliation that I want to show you in Paul's letter to the church of Galatia. And we have to, once again, tie it to his past. We see an individual that defended something that changed with the existence of Jesus Christ. We see the Apostle Paul beginning to process something that he defended before the actions of the death, burial, and resurrection. And then he learns of that reality. And the scales are removed from his eyes. And he can see everything for what it truly is. Now, that removes the destructive nature from it. So now, we move into this next part. And there's some self-forgiveness that exists in this next part. Because to truly acknowledge the places where maybe... We've dropped the ball here or there. We also need to be vulnerable and honest about the mistakes that we've dealt with. And as we're vulnerable and honest with our mistakes, we move and mesh into the things where that we set our own flaws aside so that we can take care of the needs of other people. So let's, let's look at the scripture moving forward. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Paul thought he, Saul, let's start using the right name. Saul thought he was something. 
Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Okay, let's deal with this. Let's deal with this. Let's start with verse 6 so that we can paint this entire picture as we move to verse 6. As we continue to look at the narrative of the Apostle Paul's life and this road to Damascus and the place where that he's had the scales walked away from his eyes, it is his interaction with his divine instructor, the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ himself, God incarnate, that he is beginning to see the reality that exists around him. So, when we hear the Apostle Paul use those words, we hear him stepping away from the thoughts that were of his own, that he defended as Saul, and we move into this place that he is working, that he can give all glory to his instructor, who is Jesus Christ. Okay. So then we move back to the verses before it. And he goes back, and again, I'm hearing, I'm hearing a language of reconciliation in the Apostle Paul in this conversation. Reconciling a person that was so locked in to his ideals that he became the tormentor. A person so locked in to his ideals that he chose to hurt those who believed, acted, lived differently than he did. To continue to have the conversations that this master teacher now has after having a moment of interaction with Jesus Christ. So let's look at it. If we don't take, we're going to go back to verse 4. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to anyone else. When we compare ourselves to other people, especially when we hold our vulnerable hurts and our vulnerable pains within the conversation, then we hurt someone. We either hurt ourselves or we hurt others that we are caring for. We hurt ourselves because we never truly see who we are when that we are comparing ourselves to the realities of others. We hurt ourselves because we're too busy trying to either compare ourselves to other people's greatness or we're trying to compare and feed ourselves that we're not in someone else's faults that we never actually see who we truly are. And then within doing that, we're doing that to the other person when we only look at the things that we feel are our just qualities, anyone that doesn't fit within our just qualities becomes the ones that are harmed and hurt with our actions. And then, and this is the hard part, when we only see our vulnerable points, when we only see 
our vulnerable, vulnerable points and we compare ourselves to other people and we project our vulnerable points on other people, that aggression, that aggression, that aggression that we feel from our own pains is projected on them. And that's where the loud yelling, holding signs comes from. That's where the speaking and louder voices to make our point instead of hearing the needs of other people. That's where that hurt comes from. And the Apostle Paul is literally speaking about against that in this language. Truly know who we are, find ourselves, have the scales wiped away from our eyes so that we can see ourselves within our true wholeness in the spirit, that we can see others in their true wholeness in the spirit, and then we can carry each other's burdens. And in that way, we can truly fulfill the law of Christ. I didn't go through the whole scripture, but with this very intentional look at the reconciling language that I hear in this from the Apostle Paul, reconciling his history, Reconciling his history to find wholeness and truth. We can see what it means to truly be caregivers of the greater world. And we, then we truly can live holy. This, this scripture in Galatians 6, chapter 3, uh, chapter 2, excuse me. We can truly reach the place that we truly are carrying each other's burdens and in that way, we can be the ones that are truly fulfilling the law of Christ, stepping out of our past, celebrating that changing moment and following that changing moment to a wholeness of care that follows. Thank you for listening to this conversation with me. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. God is love. Amen. As we've moved into our time of offering, we'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us. Let's join together in our prayer of giving. We offer these gifts to you, O oh God, and to your church and your people. May we not grow weary in doing what is right, or in offering ourselves and our gifts, bless and strengthen us along the way that your work may continue and that your love may be known throughout the world. Amen. Joining us, 
Once again, for joining us in this time of worship, let's join together in our closing benediction. Go to serve and love. We go together to serve. We go together to love. We go together with God. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen.